Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you'll get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot co and be sure to add our podcast conversations with toy and how did you hear about podgo section of the application happy friday what an amazing week i hope you have had i feel like i've had a pretty good week um we are back with the back to school it has been very very, I don't want to say traumatizing, but I'll say very weird feelings, I should say. For one, this is the first time that my kids have been back to school. I feel like in almost two years, what it's been a year and a half. So yeah, practically two years. And we got to day two and my son already got called home because he was sick. So that means we dropped him off, had to pick him back up. Do you know how much my heart sank when I got that phone call? I was thinking, did I not check his temperature? You know, did I not see anything that was wrong with him? Luckily, blessfully, he is fine. And I hope that he stays that way. I just cannot believe we got to day number two and already sick. So I'm praying that this is the one and the last call that we received, that we don't have any more issues, especially uh, being that we don't want any more um, health issues. We want our kids and well, all kids, all kids that are in school to stay safe. The numbers that I'm seeing that are continuously climbing are very, um, they're hurting me because I'm praying that we don't, anyone doesn't have to experience that. You know, I don't know if I've said this before, but I'll say this now. Um, I, my children, two of my children have, were born with asthma. And so being in the hospital numerous times, having to execute very dangerous, um, I would say execute plans to prevent dangerous situations is very near and dear. I mean, I, I know it all too well. One thing I will say is though, the entire time that my kids were home, they didn't even get a cold. So now that my son has gotten sick, it's just, it's pulling on me. As a mother, it's pulling on me. But we're going to talk about mommyhood today. I know that the last few podcasts have been more about motherhood. I cannot close that part in that chapter of my life. Um, I'm hoping that you as the listeners are going to come along because again, there are so many things that you can grasp hold regardless of your status. If you choose not to be a mom, that's okay. I have never been one of those moms that had to basically um, police another woman's uterus. I don't like it when men do it. So I damn sure I'm not going to do it myself. Um, let me be very clear with that. I believe that women should have a choice on whether or not they want to be a mother, want to be a mother. And with that choice, I hope that this is not a trigger for you. But if it is, let me go ahead and give you that trigger warning. We do talk about being a mom in this episode. We talk about it from the standpoint of today about stay at home moms. Um, I do work from home. I am an entrepreneur myself. But there was a point in time where I was an actual stay-at-home mom, which means for me, there are different ways of being a stay-at-home mom. But for me, I did not have my own sort of source of income. I didn't even really desire to. My needs were met. Anything that I wanted, I had access to. So me, you know, some men, when they have a stay-at-home wife, they devalue their wife. Um, If that is your case, my heart goes out to you because I'm blessed to say that that wasn't my story. My fiance at the time, because we were not married, made sure I had any and everything. And I say that wholeheartedly. You know, there are some men who put their wives on allowances. 
Um, that was never my case. Um, I transitioned from being a fiance to a wife while being at home with the children. And I did not have that problem. My husband is for the most part, um, very understanding. Um, he doesn't really like my target spurges even now, even though I have an income, but at the same time, he supports me and not everybody has that. So if you are a stay at home mom and you're feeling really crunched because you don't feel supported by your mate, I'm going to attempt my best to try to give you a couple suggestions. One suggestion would be find an income of your own. Find some type of something that you can do from home. There are so many jobs and by jobs, I mean something that is passionate, you're passionate about that you can turn into an income. Um, I've seen women do all kinds of amazing things. So if you can tap into something that you can do to bring in an income, do that. Begin to put your money to the side. Start to save your money so that you can do the things that you would like to do. Have a conversation with your mate, your spouse, your boyfriend, your fiance, your husband, whomever you're sharing this life with because being a stay-at-home mom isn't for the faint. I never looked at stay-at-home moms as lower than um, even before I became a stay-at-home mom. Being raising a child, period, whether you work outside of the home, work in the home, don't work at all, whatever the case may be, is a hard job. Being a mother is one of the hardest jobs I probably will ever have to date. You're responsible for a human and making sure that that human is, is well-rounded. That comes with its levels of challenges right off the bat. I mean, if you think about it, even as adults, we don't always do the things that we're supposed to do, right? Even with our own lives. So now taking account for yourself and someone else's, I completely understand why people don't want to have children. Let me be, let me say that one more time. I completely understand. I think I've had moments being a mom that I even questioned like, Lord, is this the job that you, you gave me? Because I look at the emotional part of it. I look at the spiritual part of it. I look at the, just the well-being and the mental wellness of my children. And I ask all the time, I want to be the mom that they don't have to recover from. In order to say that, in order to live that, in order to do that, that responsibility is so great. You watch every word that you say. You apologize quickly when you say something or do something wrong. Um, you find ways to reach your child because not every child is a blanket. It's not a blanket situation. I cannot parent each of my children the same way. There are things that I had to do individually because all of my children are individual sound humans. And if I, I always have to remind myself that I am raising a human, a child. I don't want to raise them mechanically where I just do things that my parents taught me and I just go with the flow. I have been criticized for that as well. Being a mom, you get criticized for every little thing that you say and every little thing that you do. Um, I, you know, don't parent the whole old school way. Um, I take bits and parts of that and I adapt that to my life. But there are some new things as far as like, you know, respecting children, you know, listening to them. When they're getting upset, finding out the real reason as to why they're upset instead of just going to the yelling, screaming, and hollering as if they're not capable of feelings and they're not capable of understanding. Now, let's not get this twisted. They're still learning. They don't know it all. And you sometimes have to remind them that, but you still are in charge of making sure that you validate their feelings because what they're feeling, what's going on in their mind is real. I think about my children and how even with going back to school, we had to have a real conversation. How are you feeling going back to school? How are you feeling with the fact that you're no longer home and you feel safe at home and you feel safe where you can bug mommy and daddy for pizza rolls every 2.3 seconds and ask for a juice box and ask for these different things. And now you're going back to where it's a little bit more structured and different. And unfamiliar to you because after a year, almost two years, it's unfamiliar to them. So I wanted to talk about just a little bit before we get into the episode. We have Amy with us. She is amazing. You're going to absolutely love her. So please stay tuned. Continue to listen. Um, I would say take some notes. Really put into your heart what it is that you're trying to you know, get out of this episode, especially if you're a mom. If you're not a mom, there are so many things that we're going to talk about that can be applied across the board. You need to take care of your self-care and taking care of those times when you feel like you're a hot mess. So although you may not be necessarily a hot mess mama, you may be a hot mess human. And there could be some things that you hear that we say that you can just literally apply across the board. So with that being said, as a stay-at-home mom, when I started my journey, I had gotten, my job had gotten downsized. So I 
became a stay-at-home mom, not out of real life choice. It just was something that happened. Now, could I have pursued and found another job? I'm sure I could. But at the time, my oldest daughter, she had her asthma. She was really flaring up left and right. We were in the hospital. I could look at my daughter in the morning and tell that we would be hospitalized by that evening. So I would keep a, pa a bag literally packed into my car because I knew that if I left work, I was going to be at the doctors and from the doctors to the hospital and at the hospital for no, no less than two days. Every single time I could look at her, I became really in tune to recognizing that. So while I was in and out the hospital, it made sense that my job was like, well, she's already out. Let's go ahead and add her to the number to cut. So they cut my job. They outsourced it to basically Pakistan. No disrespect to any Pakistanians that are listening, but that's what they did. You know how jobs do. They want to pay as less as they can to get the greatest benefit. So they cut a lot of us. I mean, I think it was like 125 of us. We got cut. So now I could basically focus on being a mom. I didn't have to worry about going back and forth to work. So in the beginning, I got a great severance. Um, I made sure that I worked that severance so that I would have a little bit of an income in the beginning. And again, I still had my fiance who was like, I got you. Don't worry about anything. And he was amazing through it all. But I was going through my own challenges. I found out that I was pregnant almost the day that I moved in with him. We moved in with his mother. We were in his mother's house. And I know a lot of people are hearing like, oh, I could never live with my mother-in-law. I would not suggest it. I would not suggest it. Um, not to everybody. I say that because it takes a lot of being clear about what your goals were. Now, I didn't move in just because we didn't have anywhere to go. I moved in because we were making a five-year plan. And in this five-year plan, we were going to make sure that once we got married, we would have absolutely no debt. It was a great plan on paper. The problem is, is that I've been used to living on my own. I wasn't really willing to bend on the things that were dear to me. She wasn't willing to bend. So you had two strong-headed women in one same house, and I was already going through postpartum. I had a toddler. I'm trying to figure my life out, and I have a, a baby on the way. That is a, a, a recipe for disaster. And I, and to be honest with you, it was a recipe for disaster because I allowed it to be a disaster. My mental health was not where it needed to be, point blank, and the period. It just wasn't. Had I been in a different headspace, I could have done things like been more about my self-care. I could have been more focused on me, on what I needed to do for myself. I could have been more focused on my children. But at the time, my focus was on her. So I made her the brunt of the issues, the brunt of my problems. And I remember very explicitly, my mom said to me, when you start, stop allowing her to be the focus of your problems, you will see that you need to focus on yourself. Your life will change. If my mother never says anything that sounded like, you know, a blessing or a, a word. If she never says anything that's like that again, she has helped me tremendously with just that. It was from that moment on that I stopped focusing on her, started focusing on myself, started getting my health together, started getting my life together, started losing some weight because I was carrying the weight in my mind, carrying the weight of my heart, and that showed up on my body. Weight gain doesn't always have to be about weight. It doesn't have to be about fat. It doesn't have to be about pounds. Sometimes you put on those pounds because I was eating my way through the depression that I was going through because I didn't know how to express that I was being that I was depressed. I could not express that as a woman who has worked since she was 16 years old is now no longer working and taking care of the children. I didn't see the value in taking care of my kids. I knew I loved to do it. I was grateful for that opportunity. But at the time when your mind is all over the place, you can't see clear enough. So I had to take a step back and I had to focus on myself and I had to stop making excuses and take the focus off my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, she has transitioned and is no longer here. But I had to make the commitment to toy. Once I made that commitment to toy, it was easy to stop focusing on her. If anything, to be honest with you, we got along. I was already, we at that point, we had moved out. I got my life together. I took back my life and I made the decision that I wasn't going back. And I don't mean going back to her house. I meant going back to not loving myself enough to get up and take care of myself in the morning to, before my children got up, to love on them a little harder and to take pride in the fact that I was their caregiver and I didn't have to worry about anybody doing anything to them. I made a decision that I wanted to transition from being a stay-at-home uh, mother to going back to work and being a working mother. But let me end the battle between stay-at-home moms and working moms. There is no battle. 
The battle is within yourself and making sure that you are the best mom to your children. And that does not mean being a perfected mother. That means being a mom that understands what she needs so that she can be a better supply of love and grace to her children. So she can mirror that same love to her children by taking care of herself. A mother can have passion. She can also find things that makes her heart leap and still come home and be a better mom. She can take trips to renew herself. She can take time away to renew herself. And if you're a woman who doesn't have children, you deserve all of the good things in life. You deserve to find passion in life. You deserve to find the greatness and the goodness that life has to offer. And instead of pointing your fingers out to what everybody else has said and what everybody else has done, and you point those fingers back, I promise you, you will excel because you will begin to just pull away these layers of the drama that you've caused within your own mind, the drama that you have caused in your own heart, and the drama you have caused in your own life. Taking accountability, taking stock, and being an active participant in life. An active participant in life. Stop allowing things to happen. Stop allowing things to be said over you and to you and get active. Today, we are going to talk about that accountability as it relates to mothers. But again, it also relates to just people in general. When I start taking looks at what everybody was saying, I was so caught up in being a people pleaser and worrying about everybody caring about me that I lost so many years, so many years being stuck. It was like my car being stuck in the mud and just continuing to push that gas, continuing to push that gas and going absolutely nowhere. So if you're looking for something for you to push yourself, to motivate yourself, realize that you will have to take accountability. You will have to be an active participant in your life. And you will actually have to take stock on the things that you are doing or causing these things to come into your life. So happy Friday. Grab your favorite drink. If you're on that treadmill, let me give you a high five. Keep going. If you're working out, keep going. If this is your moment of self-care, relax. If you're all flustered and you just needed a word and you needed to tune into something and you chose this podcast, it wasn't by choice. I don't believe that things happen by accident. So have an amazing day. Have an amazing weekend. And remember to find something for yourself. Every weekend that you get, you take that time to find an activity that builds your spirit, that builds you up. It could be in a song. It could be maybe you watch you know, church or whatever you spirituality online. Maybe you connect with friends. Maybe you have dinner with family. Maybe you just take a nap. Maybe you sleep in a little bit. Maybe you get those favorite pancakes that you've been craving, but you just felt like, oh, I shouldn't have. Whatever it is, build yourself back up. Build your self-care wall right back up. Fill your self-care cup always and have a great weekend. And we'll see you next Friday. Tune in. And we are back on a Friday. How awesome is that for Conversations with Toy? And we have a treat today. We have Amy. She's going to come and talk to us. Um, and for my moms, this is for us. This is for you to lean in. And, it, and, and I always say this, even if you're not a mom, because we always have women that are from different ages and stages of their life. If you're not a mom and you're like, this is not for me, it is. There are some things that you can learn about yourself with just womanhood in general. Um, things that if you're deciding that if you want to become a mom in the near future, there's some things that you want to listen and lean into so that you can apply. Again, we always stress, we always, always stress that anything that you're hearing is a testament of the things that one, we have experienced, things that we bring to the table and you can take from that table what's yours and you can leave at that table what's not for you. So at any further ado, take it away, Amy. Gosh, thank you. That's a great intro. I'm, I'm really happy to be here and, and talk to your mom and non-mom listeners. I think some of the conversations that we have just as women in general, um, can be, can be incredibly powerful. And I love the podcasting platform and I love what you're doing to just open up these conversations and hopefully touch somebody today. You know, that's, um, that's why mama mindset was born really. So, um, Thank you so much for that 
Absolutely. I'm excited. Talk to us about what you believe mama mindset is. If you're listening, this is a really good chance. Again, um, if you're not working out, you're just kind of sitting and you're listening. You may either play it back and or take some notes Um, for me and other people taking notes may be helpful. So go ahead and listen in. Um, yeah, so mama mindset, uh, was born from my failures, (laughs) you know, um, honestly, I, I left my career to stay home with my oldest daughter. I left, uh, I went back after we had her for a while and it just was, it wasn't working. And I've always been a very career oriented, very career focused woman. And, you know, you know, just as well as anybody else, once you have a child that really shifts, that shifts your mindset a lot and your priorities. And so I decided, and my husband and I decided that, um, we wanted me to be home. I loved the idea of that. And, um, that newness wore off and I freaking fell on my face. (laughs) I did not know what I was doing. I, you know, the, I was, pretty naive, I think going into it, even though I'd been on maternity leave, you know, you have your, you have yourself and your child in this house to take care of in this family and life to create. And there's not a lot of support out there. And so, you know, fast forward, I had another child and and then I had another child. And uh, so now I have a seven, five and two year old. And I feel like definitely in the last, you know, three, four years, I've really, really found my groove and I found my value and I found my worth, which I think is incredibly important for stay at home moms. I also think it's incredibly lacking for a lot of women, um, especially stay at home moms. Um, when you don't have that paycheck coming in and I just decided, you know, there isn't this raw, vulnerable, open conversation happening to get moms off the couch, to get them out of that funk, to push the, you know, move the needle forward, push them forward into fulfilling the role. Like, you know, like you said, Toy, before we started recording that calling to fulfill that calling and that role that they've decided to, to choose for themselves and their families. And so I just wanted, you know, I started the podcast and I just wanted to help one mom. I just thought, you know what, if I could help one mom in this journey, you know, my, all of the trials and tribulations that I went through would be worth it. And I've helped many moms now who keep me going and keep me going forward. And, um, so yeah, mama mindset for me is, moving forward, moving that needle forward, squashing that hot mom mess culture that is encompassing all of us, whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom Mm -hmm. and me just wanting better for women, just me wanting better for moms and women in general. So it's been great. I I love that because, um, I actually have almost a similar story. I literally Mm -hmm. was at work and I, you know, obviously I got pregnant took that time off, went right back into work, literally went right back in, um, you know, the whole, you know, I had eight weeks off cause I had a C-section. You jump right back in because, you know, demands of life are, you know, there. And then again, I, then you have the second and then you have the third. So, you know, this, the story is so similar, but I want to talk about the hot mess mom mindset. And the reason why is because I know there have been plenty of uh, mothers in general, especially stay at home moms that once you, you know, you go into this new lifestyle of being home and being the, the, the number one caretaker for your children, this whole process and thought process that you're supposed to just fo- only focus on them. You're never supposed to have, um, any form of, uh, life for yourself. You're not allowed quote unquote to, like you said, this moving forward, moving the needle for, and, and in doing that, you you're struggling with, what, you know, how can I, how can I be myself? How can I bring in my own talents? How can I apply myself as a stay at home mom and then venture out to whatever is my, my other callings, my other giftings that are being sat dormant that I need to pick up because that fulfills me. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, the hot mess mom culture really it kind of gets my blood boiling to be honest. And I know where it started from. I know it was a a way for all of, um, moms to kind of relate to each other, to relate to the struggles and the challenges of motherhood, Mm -hmm. but it's gone so far in the other direction to where it's accepting of, 
a lack of forward progress, right? It's, it's accepting of just stagnant, um, behavior in, in my opinion, again, this is just my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, like I said, it just kind of gets my blood boiling, but I think that, I think as women, we know that we want more for ourselves. And I think as women, we know that we are these bright, we're these vibrant, we're these capable beings, but by buying into this vulnerable, hot mess mom culture, especially if you're a new mom and you're in a very, very vulnerable state and you start watching some of these videos and looking at some of these memes and you start, Oh, well, this mom's doing it over here. You know, she's sitting on the couch and she's not getting dressed and her hair's a mess and she hasn't showered in two or three days. And, and we find that to be funny, but it's this constant overload of that. Then what you're, what you're absorbing now becomes your reality. And I just feel like it's incredible. It's gotten to the point where it's incredibly toxic and it's incredibly negative for moms and for women. And when we're doing that, you know, as a stay at home mom, what you're really doing is you're role modeling to your children. This is a life that you can lead. You know, your now your behavior is teaching them how to be, I don't want to say an adult if they have young children, but this is, this is positive behavior. This is how you act as an adult, you know? And if you're sitting on the couch eating Cheetos all day and not taking a shower, because that's like the culture that you've bought into, then is that really what you want your kids to observe as they learn to be proactive adults moving forward? So I want more for women. I think as women, we know that we want more for ourselves, but Mm -hmm. there isn't really a lot of resources out there for us that are teaching us how to move that needle forward in a, in a very real way, if that makes sense. It does. What is your, your thought process? And again, we know when you're a stay at home mom, one of the biggest things is that it's a very lonely lifestyle. It's lonely because again, you've chosen this life of basically for whatever reason, whatever your reasons that made you decide or your decisions or your lifestyle has decided that this is what's best. What What's your word of encouragement for a mother who is listening? Because I, again, when I started my blogs almost seven years ago, it was because I did not have the support system around me at all. I didn't have it at all. And then I had to basically learn to recreate or find ways to be creative in that process of finding support. Because again, my mindset at the time was support isn't looking the way I want it to be. It's not looking for my personal situation. I didn't have the mom's the grandparents, I didn't have the friends who understood or were in the same, same level where I was. So mm-hmm. what is your encouragement for a mom who is maybe a stay at home mom, who is maybe trying to get themselves out of this hot mom mess uh, mentality, and then they're trying to push that needle, but their biggest issue may be not feeling supported. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned a bunch of things there that I definitely want to try and do my best to touch on. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I also want to align with you in that it, it Toy, I was very much in a similar role with a lack of support. All of my mom friends, all of my close friends all worked and most of them still do. Honestly, um, I have, gr- we're close in proximity to grandparents on both sides, my husband's okay. parents and my parents as well, but they all work. And so even now there is, um, there's definitely a lack of support in terms of helping with the kids in helping with childcare. If I need to go to a doctor's appointment or things like that. But as far as emotional support goes, my, what, what my biggest suggestion is, or my biggest, you know, words of wisdom, um, is just is getting outside, getting outside first and foremost, and go for a walk. I am a huge proponent and my podcast listeners are probably like, we get it, Amy. All right. We get it. <laughs> we but need to I go for a walk. I have yeah. getting out of the house and going for walks. So go ahead. Yes. You have to get out of the house and go for a walk and, and take your kids with you too. It can be this beautiful experience and it can be very challenging at times, but once you're out there, you've got the kids in the stroller, pack some snacks, make sure you have some water and go for a walk. And, you know, we walk in rain. We walk in sun. We're in Idaho. So we walk in the snow. I load the kids up in the backpack and it creates experiences for all of us, growth experiences for all of us. So my biggest thing is get outside 
and go for a walk. And the other thing, if you're lacking in support and you're, and you're battling that loneliness, I'm a huge proponent of your community library. Now I know COVID has put a damper on a lot of social engagements for a lot of people, but the library is a great resource that's entirely free. Figure out when your story time is at your local library. If things are opening up and and you feel like it's okay for you to get out there. Um, Our library has been a lifesaver for me sometimes. And Toy, like I told you, we're very, very small town. Um, And so these, all of the moms that I've met within this library, we've kind of created our own little community. And I'm very fortunate for that, but that took effort and me putting myself out there and just getting brave and saying, hi, I'm Amy. How are you? You know, how old are your kids? And, you know, just trying, um, which is why the library is so great because there's no pressure to be forced into any kind of situation. Like sometimes these mom groups, you feel very forced to be in a Mm. social in a social setting, but a library is very less pressure. Um, and you can say, hi, you could talk for an hour if you wanted, or you can just say, hi, I'm Amy or hi, how are your kids today or whatever, and move on. And then maybe the next week you say just a little bit more if you're, you know, feeling comfortable. And then the week after that, you know, so it's sort of an opportunity for a slow growth, um, relationship, which for me has been really, really wonderful. Um, And then just knowing that at the end of the day, it's not up to anybody else to pull you out of that funk. Like nobody is going to save you. And I I know that sounds harsh. Mama mindset is some tough love. Um, I'm all about tough love and just saying the things that moms need to hear. And at the end of the day, you are responsible for yourself and your actions. And the only thing that you can control in your life is yourself. So nobody's going to come save you. It's not up to anybody else to come save you. It's not up to your husband. It's not up to your parents. You have to work on yourself. And Toy, like you said, like going to therapy, that's part of that you know, that's knowing and recognizing I'm not doing okay. And I need something. So whether that's, you know, following your podcasts or, you know, going to therapy or something, it's just knowing that you're responsible for yourself at the end of the day, and you have to be your own hero. And I love that because I'm always a big component of that. I think sometimes we put so much pressure on everyone else around us. We want our spouses to come and save us. I I had to go through that where I was like, well, how come he's not coming in you know, and figuring this out, like he has his own level of stress that he's dealing with. He's dealing with his own um, situation. And we know we talk about when we, you know, when, when getting on the plane was cool, you know, getting on that plane, right. and tell you like, you know, put the mask on yourself. And so we have to adopt that type of mentality. It's not that you can't help another person or that other people can't come and offer some suggestions to help. But even if you had every suggestion, if you had every self-help, if you had somebody that was literally willing to hold your hand through it, if there's no level of you making this a part of your own personal journey and making this something that you truly want to get yourself away from, you're not going to do it. So that getting yourself to, you know, and, and, and being aware that it's up to you is key. It is no mm-hmm. one else's responsibility to make sure that you're mentally in the right, in the right place. You may have people that can help you along that journey, but at the end of the day, I, t- you know, I tell them, even my kids, you know, if you have a therapist and you're talking to your therapist, they can only help you with what information you give. So it's up Mm -hmm. to you to provide whatever it is that you need. And sometimes we forget, we forget that. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of, you know, listening to podcasts, doing all the self-help books and, and moving, moving forward in that way. But at the end of the day, you still have to do the work. You have to take that knowledge that you're receiving that podcast you're listening to all of those things that you're like, yes, I love that. And then you actually have to apply it. You know, you have to take a step forward and actually apply it and take action steps forward. And, and that's how you, like you said, even if you're going to therapy, you have to take what you're learning from your therapist and these conversations that you're having, these heavy, deep conversations, you actually have to excuse me, you actually have to apply what you've learned, what they've suggested, what they've talked to you about. Otherwise you stay stagnant. You stay exactly where you were when you go in, when you walk in the door. And I think that we are in kind of this culture right now of absorbing all of this information. Like we're I, I talked to some of these moms and like, well, I've listened to this podcast or I'm kind of reading this book. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing about that? Like, are you actually taking 
the the steps that they've talked about or the the tips and tools that they've talked about in applying that in your life or are you just absorbing it putting it in your mind and and not taking the action steps so i'm i'm exactly the same with you yeah and you know and i don't know if if the listeners if if my listeners are listening or paying attention to the fact that september is actually self improvement month and there are just some steps that you need to be aware of again whether you're a mom um, or not that you need to take that step and recognizing when you need help. Sometimes the biggest step is that, but there are going to be other steps after that. I kind of think we kind of put this mentality that you need to take this one step. There's that first initial step, which is the most fearful step you can ever take. And it's very, it's a scary step, but there are going to be other steps that come along with that, that you are going to then have to walk in in order for you to have a daily, um, self-improvement, like self-improvement is not something you do once a year when, you know, the, the ball's about to strike and the new year comes in. This is something you do daily. This is something you do weekly. This is something that you do mind, uh, monthly. So just be aware of the fact that self-improvement is key, but you have, to, again, you have to be willing to do that work. What are yeah. the, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that the first thing that came to mind when we were kind of talking about that just now and what you're talking about the month of September is I think a lot of moms, especially stay at home moms would be like, I don't have time. Like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to sit down and read a book. I don't have time to take these steps. I don't have time to go to therapy. And really one of the things that I really talk about with, with moms is just really trying to get up before the kids get up to allow yourself the time to do that. And it really comes down to us kind of prioritizing that time. And I'm not going to sit here and give you the schedule and exactly like, you know, what you need to do, but there are pockets of our time, you know, they've done studies and really Mm -hmm. humans now have more free time than we've ever had. And so it's, we're not capitalizing on that free time. So if moms are listening, I I just want to encourage you that there is some time in the day. Like I just tell people read 10 pages. You don't have to think about the whole book. If we're talking about reading a book of self-improvement and working on it in that way, you don't have to look at the whole book and say, Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. It's going to take me six months to get through this. Start with with 10 pages, you know, just give yourself a goal of reading 10 pages each day. That's like 20 minutes and start with something that's very obtainable and, you know, piece it down, chunk it down into something that is very doable. Um, And, you know, reading is a huge, I'm a huge proponent of reading, picking Mm -hmm. up that book and active reading, you know, making some notes in the margins, underlining with the pencil on some of these self-improvement books is a great, a great step in kind of building that momentum for your day. And definitely also just, and, and, and even that getting up early just to get a shower, to get yourself yeah. to do your hair, to, if you want to put on a, you know, some concealer or whatever it is that you're choosing to put on, like those are things that are active ways of taking care of yourself. Because one of the things that I had to learn and, and any mom who's learned, who's listened to this knows if you're not taking care of yourself, we talk about self-care. Everybody's talking about self-care. I'm a huge component of self-care but we miss our self-care moments because we're mismanaging our time. Like you said, you know, you're not capitalizing, but it's also a mismanagement. You know, if I know that the kids are going down at a certain time, so instead of watching mindless television, maybe do something for myself, instead of complaining that I can't, I don't have enough time, which is something that I did very, 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 very early on in my stay at home uh, mom journey was always saying what I can't do and never finding a way to do that. Can so not, you know, capitalizing and pushing myself for the things I could do, but complaining about the things that I couldn't do. So I had to change my mindset, the things that I said, because also, you know, I have son, I have a son and two daughters. I don't want them to watch me allowing myself to be torn down and deteriorating and then telling them to do something better. And I'm not modeling better. Not that I'm going to do this every single day because we have big moments where we're not at our best, but modeling good behavior to them is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I was the same, you know, when the kids were really, really young and I was new stay at home mom, like I just don't have time. And I would, I would blame everything on the kids. I can't do that because I have kids. I can't do this because I have kids. And, um, you know, you, you started talking about your, um, your blog and that was a way of you kind of battling that loneliness. And I was like, I can't do this project because I'm, you know, I'm a mom and I have the kids and I can't. And, and really when I finally realized when I finally shifted that mindset and saying, actually, 
because I'm home, I have this beautiful opportunity to do the things that I want to do. Whatever I want to do, I can do whatever I want to do because I'm home and I have the freedom and I, I can stay up, you know, maybe a little bit late to work on my podcast, like I'm doing now, or, you know, I can get up early in the morning and garden and the kids can meet me out there in the garden, you know, and we'll have breakfast in the garden. Like these are things that I can do to create and build a life that I love. Um, and that, you know, kind of going back to one of your original questions of, uh, battling that, like that loneliness is, kind of shifting that mindset and saying like, what can I do and how do I model this positive behavior for my, for my kids? And that really was huge for me in kind of battling that loneliness because now I'm pursuing things that I love and I don't have time to be lonely because I'm working all these on all these awesome projects over here that now like I get to do because I have the time instead of using my kids as the excuse that I'm not going to do anything at all. Um, And I know it's really hard with moms of newborns. So I just, I do want to touch on that a little bit and give them some grace, you know, like moms of newborns, you're not going to go out and like start a brand new garden. I'm not expecting you to go out and start a podcast, you know, do some of these things, but there are little things that you can do, like drinking your water. Like that's huge. You can drink your water. You can go for a walk. Like we talked about. Um, and those are, those are amazing steps forward. Yeah. I think as the children, as your children grow, as they become older, it, opens up more free time. Now I'm not saying that you don't have other responsibilities because I feel like sometimes I become Uber mom, you know, when they're involved in sports and things of that sort, but every stage of motherhood has its moments of showing you if you, if you're open, if you're looking, if you're hearing and waiting to listen to those moments where it's telling you, like you have a little bit more time to do certain little things that you couldn't do. When I was first the stay at home mom and I was, I had um, a toddler and a newborn baby, my time was so limited. And, and as they got older and they started getting a little, you know, started to walk and different things happened. And I was like, okay, wait, I can add things to the schedule. I can take away certain things. So just being mindful if you're listening to this, like Amy said, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, why are they saying that? Like your stage of where you are is where you are and it will come with its own challenges, but there are things that you can do to add, to make you feel better about yourself and for you to be the better mom. I found that once I realized that I will become a better mom by becoming a better me, that opened up this whole life for myself, where I saw things completely different versus looking at it from the opposite end. Yeah. That's the epitome of my podcast. So I'm so glad that you said that because for me, I'm like, okay, we have a hugely important job, you know, like Toy, you and I were talking before we were recording. It's being a stay-at-home mom is one of the most challenging jobs that you will ever have. Um, and, and, and the reason why that is so challenging is because you have tiny children running around that you're trying to keep alive, first of all, but it's because if you have this huge level of responsibility of I'm raising a future generation and, and they're going to go out into the world. And I want to raise these humans to be good humans. And so just, just knowing that, that that's the heaviness on you is, you know, a lot. is, is a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. But however, working on yourself, you have to work on yourself before you can focus on the rest of your family. And that's the only thing at the end of the day, that's the only thing that you can control is yourself. Everything else is out of your control for the most part, you know, so you can control what you're doing and your mindset and, and the things that you're choosing in your own life. And then by improving yourself, you're then able to go out and be a, the best mom possible. You know, I, I talk about, you know, drinking your water and reading and, and all of these things. And the reason why we do that isn't to, you know, I don't expect moms to go out and run marathons or, you know, like start an orphanage or, you know, do these huge, huge things. I just want you to be the best version of you so that you can support your children. And that's all it comes down to. Absolutely. And I think you said that well, like we really have to find ways of supporting ourselves. I was not thinking that because again, I was always raised that once you have a family, once you have children, that your life again is no longer your own. And and it isn't, you know, you do have responsibility that goes up beyond you. But if I am not, if I look in that mirror and I'm not happy with what I'm seeing and I'm not doing anything to change what I'm seeing, you know, at the end of the day, my children actually suffer. I, I, I talk about this very, very openly where most people wouldn't 
when I had to take accountability for like the way that I was raising them in the beginning, like, you know, I had to take responsibility, like, wait, if you're not right and you're pushing that onto them, that's not their fault. You have to take a step back and get yourself together because now they're, you know, uh, uh, they're upset. They're, they're feelings, all these different feelings that they don't even know where it's coming from. And it was coming from me. So once I took that stock of myself and got my life together, then it was like, oh, I can be a better example to them because I got my life. I was able to see me for the first time. Yeah. So I have a story for you. Um, when I, the, the biggest monumental slap in the face I ever received from myself and just my, in my mind was, we were living at my parents' house, two kids. Uh, we had sold our house, moved in with my parents, and we were trying to um, buy property and build. Anyways, that's a, that's a whole side story. But anyways, we were living in my parents' house, and I was walking up the stairs. And at that point, Gracie was two, and Olivia was probably three or four months. Um, so I was in the thick of it. You know, we were, I was chasing a very young toddler, you know, with a newborn and I couldn't get up the stairs and maybe Olivia was a little bit older, but I, I could get, I couldn't walk up the stairs without getting winded. And I thought, holy cow, how am I going to continue my life like this. If I'm winded walking up the stairs, how am I going to be the mom that I have envisioned? I had dreams and desires and hopes for how I wanted to be as a mother and what I wanted for our family and me not being able to walk up the stairs without getting winded and tired did not align with my hopes and dreams. And so I knew, I knew at that point, it wasn't my kids that were the problem. It wasn't my husband. That was the problem. It wasn't the environment of living at my parents. That was the problem. It was me. It was how I was treating myself. It was Mm -hmm. how I was treating my body. It was my acceptance of a lack of forward movement and sort of this pity party mentality that I had because I was like, well, I have a two-year-old and I have a newborn. And so, you know, and, and I guess she was a little bit older than a newborn, but still baby, she was under, you know, six months. And so, That for me was a very rude awakening. And from that point forward, I started taking proactive steps to, I need to start working out. I need to start doing something with my body. I need to start putting some better foods in my body. And I'm not saying it happened overnight. You know, it has taken me a long time to create that lifestyle, but that was a rude awakening. That was probably one of my biggest rock bottoms. And looking back now, I can see where I was battling postpartum depression. I had never talked to my doctor about it. You know, I'd never, and Brad knew like something was off. Um, And I, I wouldn't say it was anything that was, you know, an extreme sense of postpartum depression, but I was definitely depressed. And if I would have talked to my doctor, I'm sure she would have been like, okay, we need to really address this. But I knew what I needed to do for myself to take some forward steps And I got myself out of that funk. I worked really hard for my family and for myself, got myself to a place where I could then build this life that I've envisioned because it wasn't just going to happen. Like I had to create that. And I agree. I had to lose. I lost about 75 pounds once I started. I realized I actually went and got treated for um, postpartum, which is how the my not necessarily the podcast, but how my blog was birthed from postpartum depression and, and feeling like I was a, a complete failure because I wasn't getting myself together and I wasn't figuring it out. And um, one of the first steps for me was to go see my doctor and then see therapists. And then um, once I started doing that, I took care of making sure that my health was together because I was having all these different health issues that nobody could duplicate. I could not go to the doctor and get a test that was duplicating. On paper, I looked healthy. I was overweight, but I looked like I was, nothing was coming back. Like I wasn't having high blood pressure, anything weird like that. But I knew that I wasn't active and I knew that I wasn't my best self. And I, and and it's just like the similar story. Like I really had to take control of my health to lose that weight, to get myself together and to just, again, see myself the way that I wanted to be seen. And the only way for me And I tell myself every day, how do I want to show up into the world is how much effort I'm going to put into showing up and showing up. Sometimes if you're listening to this, even if you're not a mom, showing up sometimes is the first initial step, because when you show up, then you can show out once you do the work, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do the show out part, but you got to do the show up so you can show out. And that takes mm-hmm. work, dedication. Um, it takes a lot, but it, you, you gotta, you gotta get up and make that first step. Yeah. So Toy, let me ask you what kept you consistent and in, in, in that process, um, in moving forward and, and knowing like, I need more for my life. So what kept you consistent? Did you have a support system? Was that just your mindset and your determination or my mindset was, I was not going back. Yeah. Like I was not going back to being depressed, um, to the point where I wasn't taking care of myself. I was not going back to that weight, that weight gain. I wasn't going back to any of that because I already felt like, you know, that was like my my most, I guess, breaking point. So we all mm-hmm. have, we have breaking points. I've had different breaking points in my life, but for that moment, that was my breaking point. And seeing myself completely broken, um, knowing that I could knowing that I couldn't make any more excuses, that was what it was. And my daughter, my oldest, I always tell people all the time, my oldest daughter literally saved my life because things where I thought I was achieving all these great achievements, once I had her, she like opened my eyes to see that there was so much work that I needed to do to be able to stand and say that I'm proud. Like I want her to be proud of me. Like I know she was a kid. I know she was like a, a newborn baby and all that other stuff. But I knew the things that I that I was I had going on just wasn't going to make me the mom that I needed to be. So mm-hmm. I know that my credit, my daughter all the time. I tell people all the time, my daughter saved my life because I was able to see myself it through her eyes. And then I was able to change because I was refusing to go back. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. I, I think as mothers, when you become a mother, one of the biggest things that our kids teach us is resilience. Um, just the ability to be resilient once that shifts for you, especially once you've, like you were saying, we've hit rock bottom and you're like, I got to do something. I think that builds a level of resilience once you start pulling yourself up because there's no going back. There is like, I can't. And that's how I was. Um, after we had Olivia and I couldn't get up the stairs, I was like, I, I cannot continue to live my life like this. I will not. And then we had, you know, fast forward, we had another baby and you, you feel like you're starting all the way over again. I had such bad round ligament pain. Um, and I, I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to really have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy continue, like doing my workouts and, and movement, but my round ligament pain was so limiting for me. Um, but I knew that point after we had Lily, after we had our third, I knew that point where I was like, all right, Amy, you got to get your shit together now. And you got to start moving forward because you've, you've done it before and you had to do what you had to do in that season. And so just knowing, I guess that resilience of like, this is where I was in this season and that's okay. But now I, there's a click, right? There's that shift and you're like, okay, we're through the newborn stage. We got to start, we got to start getting it back again. And that shift happened. And it was so much easier with Lily, not saying that it wasn't hard, but it was easier after we had Lily to do the things that I needed to do because I felt like I had built up a little bit of a tough skin at that point where I knew like, this is how I need to keep moving forward. What is your go-to self-care moments? Like what are your self-care moments? What is like three things that you do that are like, they have to be done. They're like my, your go-to when you think about self-care for yourself. Um, definitely pursuing that I'm something that I'm passionate about, um, and having, you know, the, finding, carving the time to do that. I don't want to say finding, but carving out the time to find something that I'm passionate about, whether that's, you know, um, gardening, trying something new in the garden. Um, you know, I got really into baking bread a couple of years ago. I think all moms kind of go through that where I'm going to learn to bake bread, (laughs) but you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So just kind of do finding things that I'm passionate about. The podcast is huge for me. The podcast right now is such a self-care thing for me right now. But as far as like outside of that baths for me are, are huge. And and baths where I shut everything off. Maybe I take a book in there with me, but I don't listen to a podcast. that's constantly telling me what I need to do or how I need to think or how I need to feel. I just shut it off and I sit in my own thoughts. Um, and I'm grateful that Brad understands like, okay, you need to go have a bath tonight, you know, and even the girls, like I, we've made enough of a routine out of it that they can see me where I'm stressed out and I'm, you know, just 
being the mom that I don't want to be. And they'll say, mom, maybe you should take a bath tonight. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. Yes. Mama needs a bath tonight. I need an attitude adjustment for myself, you know? Um, so water really is therapy for me, even if it's a shower, uh, a shower when the kids were really young and I didn't have time for a bath because I know that that's really tough for people sometimes, but even a shower for me, make sure the kids are okay and everything is set up. And that water was, has always been very therapeutic for me. Um, I'm a big proponent of finding very simple things at home as in terms of self-care and, um, we're really big into this, uh, self-care, uh, this idea of self-care right now in society, but I think it's gotten a little overcomplicated. Um, so it really just comes down to me doing something that I want to do. I I just kind of look at my day and I say, what do I want to do today? And it may be as simple as me making French press coffee instead of my Keurig coffee. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to take five extra minutes and make a really good cup of coffee with intention and beauty and care behind it instead of, you know, just sticking it in the Keurig and having my coffee because I need my coffee date going for the day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have anything like monumental or exciting to give Mm -hmm. anybody. I just am a big proponent of simplicity with that. Oh, no. And I'm always telling people, like, even reading a magazine, as simple as that, with just, you know, sitting in a quiet room, reading a magazine can be Um, Mm self-care. So I'm always about that. Um, Self-care for me has always been a lot of the things around the house. I haven't always ventured out outside of the house for bigger things. But for me, I learned to do stuff inside my house, especially when, you know, I was in the thick of having my children, like, something as small as a magazine was heaven. I used to have a magazine hour and I would just sit there and I would read my magazines and drink like, you know, uh, uh, apple juice or whatever it was that I needed to drink. And that was good enough for me. <laughs> like that was good enough. Just mm-hmm. making sure that I carved that time out and not allowed anybody or anything to disturb that time. Yeah. And I love that your husband supported you in doing that too. I'm, he did. Is, how has your, how has your husband kind of supported you in that? Like, self-care has that been a learning curve for you guys I'm always curious like with moms and stay-at-home moms and especially with your podcast I mean that takes a lot of family time too like that's a that's a family you guys have to work together as a team um he's always been pushing me he's always wanted me to find my own thing like he was like Mm -hmm. look you know and I was always one against it like oh you know I was using my kids as the excuse as to why I couldn't do things um so now that I'm into the thick of you know with the blog and I go to events and I'm doing stuff here, like he, with the podcast, my husband's 100% about it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that a lot. I think I'm, I talk often how grateful I am for Brad <laughs> in being supportive of that. Um, I know a lot of moms, I guess maybe we can address that too. A lot of moms don't always have that support of a partner or a spouse. Um, and you feel like you're definitely, you know, single moms too. You're you're literally flying solo, but sometimes we feel like we're flying solo, even when it comes to being married or having a partner. But I think that carving, like I said earlier, carving out that time for little pockets of self-care is very doable. If we can shift that mindset and using our kids as an excuse, like you were saying, um, to carving out and taking the time because it's not selfish. You know, we've, the self-care is, not selfish. And I think that as moms, we give, 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 and we have a really hard time accepting the fact that it's okay. If you take some time for yourself to do the things that you need to do to better yourself, to then raise your children in the best way possible. Absolutely. Now, how can um, any of our, the people that are listening, they may want to get onto your podcast or anything that you're doing. How are they going to be able to reach you? How are they going to be able to get all of this information? How are they going to be able to get to you? Yeah. um, So definitely Instagram. Um, You can find me on Instagram and um, I'll send you that link. You can put that in the show notes, Mama Mindset Podcast. Um, I think there's some underscores in there. I think I recently changed it. I think it's Mama underscore podcast or Mama Mindset Podcast with some underscores. Um, But I also have Facebook. Also, I'm definitely more active on Instagram right now. Um, 
And then my website, um, amycothran.com gives you a direct link to the podcast. And it also has the mama mindset reset challenge. We haven't really talked about that, but we've kind of touched on a lot of the things that are in the challenge. And I really think that that's a great place for moms to start. If they're like, I just don't know where to start to start moving that needle forward. I think that the challenge is a great opportunity for them to a, like we said, hold themselves accountable and b just start taking some of those proactive steps in self-care and it's totally free. This isn't a plug for me to make any money. It's just a free (laughs) challenge out there for, um, moms to start doing. There's, there's no, um, sign up date or anything. It's very self-led, um, self-directed. And like I said, just holding yourself accountable. So, um, amycothran.com is where you can find that and the podcast. And I, it's just me that runs all of that. So if anybody sends me an email or a DM, I'm the one that answers. And I, I love talking to people and answering any questions that they have. That's amazing. We will definitely include all of that information in the show notes, because we always want to make sure people have the resources that they need for, um, you know, for this particular topic, you know, the moms that are needing support or just wanting to feel like they have more information. Like sometimes you don't feel like you have the information, then you're not going to do anything. But remember, we said when you get the information to actually do the, you know, take the information and do something proactive with it. So, Amy, thank you so, so, so much for being an amazing guest on the show, um, for helping moms, stay-at-home moms, um, working moms, women in general, because even some of this information that we talked about really applies to womanhood, you know, carving out that time, um, figuring out what your passions are, like all of those things are very generic conversations that if you just take it and apply it to where you are, it'll help you too. It'll help you wherever you need to be. So um, Amy, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great platform for us to have mom conversations. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.